Thanks for tuning in to the Calvary Now podcast. Alongside weekly sermons, we hope to bring you monthly conversations and interviews that will be resources and encouragement to our congregation. I'm your host, Nolan Carroll, and today we're sitting down with Stephen Ackley and Nathan Moore to talk a little bit about our Bible reading plan that we have launched this year in 2024. Thank you all so much for being here. Thanks, Nolan. Excited to be a part of the conversation. So, Stephen, just to start out with you. What is the reason for Calvary developing a Bible reading plan for 2024? Yeah, you know, uh, the reality is, is both research and experience shows us that people and churches need more Bible, not less Bible. And we've known that. And for the last several years, we've really been praying and dreaming about what would it look like to develop a concerted effort to try to get our people moving together in their spiritual formation. And one of the ways we felt like there's a possibility of doing that is through a Bible reading plan. You know, if we look at larger statistics, uh, it, it seems to show us that trends are moving away from more and more Bible engagement. The trends are actually to less and less Bible engagement. One uh, survey done in 2022 by the American Bible Society suggested that roughly 26 million people mostly or completely stopped reading the Bible in the last year. You take that and put it next to LifeWay research, which shows that one of the greatest leading indicators of spiritual formation and factors for spiritual formation is Bible engagement. It seems like this is a need, not just at Calvary, but globally, and we want to be a part of helping the people of Calvary do what they can to grow spiritually. You know, we've been charged to be disciples who make disciples. And uh, it's something that we understand that responsibility, but sometimes we need to understand uh, that we need avenues, easy avenues to help people grow uh, as worshipers of Christ, as members of the family of God, as servants of God, as stewards of all of his good resources and, and witnesses to the world of the goodness and grace of God. And we think that Bible engagement is one of the primary means of helping form people to those ends. So Nathan, I feel like if you've grown up in church, You've heard it. The Bible is important. Reading is important. But for people who are interested in jumping in, they're not too sure. Why would you say that it's important to read the Bible every day? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know if I would go to one place in the Bible and say, hey, the Bible commands you to read it every day. However, it seems to be like really strongly assumed. Right? There's a lot of reasons. I mean, on the one hand, I think about the fact that the Bible describes itself as bread. You know, we've talked about how Jesus said in the wilderness that man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And like, I think the idea there is that we're not just physical beings that need food. We're spiritual beings that need spiritual food. And the Bible is spiritual nourishment for us. And that God, you know, God has, God's made us like that. And I also think of a text like Psalm 1, where the happy man is described as this kind of person that he makes all these life decisions that are marked by wisdom, but like right in the middle of all that, that kind of person meditates. Like he, he, uh, spends careful, slow, unhurried time with the Bible day and night. And which gives this picture of a person that is not just getting like little blips and clips and little verse of the day kind of moments, but is like spending time in the Bible. And I think that's really important for us to remember, you know, something like Stephen was mentioning too, though, like when, when I think about the times in my life that I've grown the most, the Bible is like a central part of that. There were times for me that, 
where I feel like God grew me in rapid ways. And a big part of that was that I was reading the Bible and I was reading the Bible a lot. And, uh, and, you know, I think just we see that and we hear that story and that testimony in lots of different places. Um, I think another thing to really remember is that the Bible is not like primary place to go to learn stuff. Uh, certainly it is that, but it's really a place to go to have a relationship with a person, right? That's good. Yeah. That's you right. Know, the Bible is God speaking and I don't treat my relationship with my wife as like, just when she talks, this is an opportunity for me to learn some facts. When I do that, it doesn't go well for me <laughs> and I make poor decisions. But if I think about like the chance of hearing the words of God as a way to know him and to relate to him, well, my goodness, like, yeah, I need that every day. Yeah, like I, right. I want a relationship with God that is vibrant and, and ongoing. And, you know, the the Bible is like how God acts. I, there's a there's a passage I love in the Bible. It's in First Samuel chapter three, where it's saying you know that God appeared at uh, Silo and He revealed Himself to Samuel, and then the text He revealed Himself by the Word of the Lord. Right, mm, and, and yeah. the picture is that God wants us to know Him, and He shows us Himself in His in His book. And That's so really like cool. that encourages me, that calls me to read the Bible every day. And I think too, what's really encouraging is I think many of the people of Calvary know those things yeah. and they are asking for like, how can I engage the Bible more? I mean, I think Nathan and I can attest to it as well as many others on our staff, uh, small group leaders, Bible fellowship leaders in our church that are, people are coming and going like, man, what can I do to engage the Bible more? You know, and what an encouragement it is uh, to get those questions. And some of our thought has been like, man, let's help give a really strategic and clear way for people to do just that, to really meet with God, to grow their relationship with God through his word. And so some of this has really been driven just simply by the fact that the people of Calvary are asking like every year, hey, how can I engage the Bible more this year? How can I grow? Uh, some are asking, where can I start? You know, and so this is a part of answering that question as well. But uh, it's so encouraging to know that the people of Calvary are wanting to deepen that relationship with God and engage the Bible more. This is just another avenue to doing that. So with that, people have been asking, they're personally looking for this, but what would you say is the advantage of a tool like this that uh, the church congregation is coming together and reading this church wide rather than just in their own personal plan? Yeah. Well, you know, kind of one of the things Stephen's getting at is like, as a church, like that's what we do. Like we want to help people grow and we see this as a primary avenue of growth. Like we talk about this value of depth at our church that we we believe that for everyone, there's always a next step to grow deeper. And so this is not just for the new Christian or the young Christian or the uninformed, right? This is for all of us. And so we see this as like a major part of, of, our, of our call as a church. I think another piece of that, though, Nolan, is that, you know, when we gather together as a church, we share a certain kind of relationship with each other. Like we, we are a part of a body. We're a part of a family. We're members here together. And part of that is that we want to grow together. Like this is the place, this is the context. And so it makes a lot of sense to me that I would be reading the Bible with the people that I'm trying to grow with, whether that's in my small group or whether that's um, you know, the people that I gather for worship with or the people that I'm engaging alongside in mission is really helpful. Like, like if 
to to sync up, right? Reading together makes it easier for us to grow together. So mm-hmm. I love that we're doing this in one context. Yeah, and I, I think the, the flip side of that is sometimes it's a little bit scarier to engage something like this as True. a church family because all of a sudden there's accountability too. It's like, man, I need the support and the encouragement of those around me. But with that also comes a little bit more expectation, right? Because there's accountability involved in that. Uh, But we need both sides of that coin, right? We need the encouragement that comes from doing this in community. We also need the accountability that comes from doing it in community. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so question for you. What does this Bible plan even look like? (laughs) For someone who's interested in getting into this, starting at any point, what does that require? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, this is where we get to the street level, right? We've talked and really we've prayed as a staff for the last several years about how do we create these resources to help form our people further at Calvary. Uh, And now the question is, okay, not just why should we do that, but how do we do that? Practical question of what's the the Bible reading plan, this resource, this tool actually look like? Well, ultimately what we've designed it around is the idea that it can be used by a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. Um, But ultimately in the big picture, it is six days of Bible reading a week, uh, five days, Monday through Friday, you've got a New Testament chapter not a, a set of chapters, a list of chapters, right? And, and not as small as just a, a paragraph or a passage, but one chapter from the New Testament, one chapter from the Old Testament, Monday through Friday. Uh, and then on Saturday, there's a psalm, and that psalm is designed, just one psalm, to get the Calvary family really synced up on the heart level so that when we gather as a church family to worship together, on Sundays that we are doing so coming from a a place that's been fueled by similar things from Mm -hmm. God's word. Mm -hmm. And so when we come together like that, like there's just something significant, you know, you, you send a group of people on a mission trip together and they come home and they have this shared experience that makes their worship together almost more rich, right? And meaningful. Man, when we're reading the Bible together, we may not be in the same place at the same time, experiencing the same things as we read it, but we're coming from this place of hearing from the heart of God together. When we gather together to worship, having come from that over the course of the week, even just on Saturday through the reading of a psalm, man, it unites our hearts together in a unique way that allows us our worship to be uh, even more more significant. And so we're, we're rolling this out just one quarter at a time. And so the resource that some of our Calvary family has already seen uh, has three months of reading on it. Um, that plan for each week for three months, we'll roll another one out, uh, the next part of the plan, the next phase of the plan, uh, in the next quarter. And so we've got January through March that's rolled out April, uh, May and June will roll out then, uh, in the middle to end of, of March. And so it'll roll out one quarter at a time. And, uh, again, just an easy to use tool, but it can also be used, um, you know, in a number of different ways too. I think Nathan, you want to talk a little bit about somehow the, how it can be used by different groups of people. Yeah, one of the things that I love about the plan is that it's designed to be like really flexible, not just for personal use. Certainly, you know, that's a primary use for it, but we'd love to see this used in a lot of different environments and contexts. I mean, the the main ones I think of outside of like a personal way to engage God is for families, right? Um, It can be so overwhelming and so intimidating to try as a family to read the Bible together. You mean that's not easy in your house? (laughs) Well, I'm a pastor, so like it's so (laughs) actually just I feel bad sometimes, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, 
and depending on your history, like you might feel really guilty about it. It can just be hectic and chaotic. And that's like, whether you have kids in the home or not, um, it can be a challenge. And so we've tried to take like the big, like take a lot of the work out of it. So you just, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever day it is, you just check the schedule and you read with your spouse, you read with your kids. Uh, for my family, like sometimes we do the whole chapter. The other day we did four verses and like, I think that was a win for us. Um, so it's, it's great to use as a family to sit down and talk with your kids. Uh, it's really great for groups. Like my small group, we discuss this plan. We use the questions that are kind of included, uh, whether we're talking about, you know, this passage or something else. Um, actually just yesterday, um, I was having a conversation. I was actually praying with someone in my small group because uh, we were going on a mission trip together. And as we were praying for that mission trip, what I was praying was coming out of Psalm 3 because I had read Psalm 3 on Saturday. Mm. And what he was praying was coming out of Psalm 3 because cool. he had read Psalm 3 on Saturday. We didn't talk about it. We didn't like meet for coffee, but we had just read the same things and it was coming out of our heart, right? And so... I love for groups to do it, whether they're discussing it or really maybe the best way is just to encourage people in your group. Hey, like, let's read this together. Grab one person, grab two people and read together. There's a lot of applications uh, in the group, but it's also a great tool for like helping people grow. Um, if you're looking for something to grow, to go deeper, maybe you want like a, a one-on-one or a one-on-two, like intentional, more intense, like discipleship experience whether you're the discipler or whether you're, you know, working with someone else, like, man, just grab the reading plan and read together for, for a month and see how it goes. Right. There's, there's a lot of flexibility we hope and hope that it's used in a lot of different contexts. So here's the one question though, for a lot of people, we talked about how this could be intimidating. Let's say you're not a reader. (laughs) Let's say you're not even just a Bible reader. Let's say you're not a reader. How would you approach that? Yeah, well, I'm I'm really sympathetic with that. I don't think I've always been a reader and know what it. I, I have a little bit of idea what it feels like to not feel like I'm a reader. Um, so, on the one hand, one thing I would say is um, we live in a golden era of tools that really help. And so, the first thing I would tell someone who's not a reader is grab an audio Bible. There's so many yeah. cool tools. Yeah. You can do it for free. You can do it on the ESV app. You can do it on the Uversion app. You can use a, a premium tool like Dwell, YouTube, right? Like take advantage of those other kinds of tools. Um, I think another thing I would say is reading is a skill to cultivate and it takes time. And like all skills that are worthwhile, it gets a little bit easier over time. And the more you read, the easier reading becomes. And so I'd encourage someone like stick with it and you know, be patient. Part of that's to be realistic and have a plan. Um, so if you, if you feel like you're not a reader and, you know, and it's a big challenge, like that's, what's great about this is we're encouraging you just, there's a lot of entry points to this plan. So maybe just one chapter, like that's fine. Like that's fine. Um, a lot of people have all this guilt kind of history attached to Bible reading. We really don't want that, right? It's, it's not about the past. It's about today. Uh, so jump in, be realistic. Um, and then I think the last thing I would say is like, tell someone that you're trying to do this, like tell someone in your small group yeah. and say, Hey, this is what I'm going to do this week. Tell them your plan. Um, say I struggle with reading. Like, would you pray for me? And I promise you, you're going to find a bunch of people who are super excited to encourage you and to walk with you.
And I think you'll also find that that you are not alone in some of what you feel about this this opportunity to engage the Bible daily because it is intimidating for some. And, and and I think that can be defeating, especially like, you know, you think about every New Year's resolution, people start these things and then it's like the gym's empty in February, right? Like uh, you, you got through the first month and now you're kind of tapped out or whatever. Um, you're going to have an off day, right? It, it's, it's going to happen at some point. And so that really is a question we've heard a lot already is like, well, what happens when I miss a day? Like I just, then I got four chapters the next day or three chapters or whatever it is, you know, over a certain number of, I miss a week. It's just been a really bad week. And how do I catch up? You know, well, we've intentionally said with this plan, like, don't try to like make up lost ground, just start exactly where you are. Right. And so you miss a day, uh, if you miss, you know, January 26th, well, on January 27th, you read for January 27th. You don't try to catch yeah. up. Uh, you just miss a day. Yeah, and it's, it's okay because the goal is not to read every chapter of the Bible. The goal is to engage the Bible in a meaningful way together with your church family. Making up ground does some good for you, but it also can uh, keep you from having the mm-hmm. community element of it, which we think is really, really important. And so you miss a day, move on. Not a whole lot of Bible reading plans and schedules say that, right? Because it's all about completion. Um, and, and so here's the deal. You have to recognize that when you miss a day, it can lead to misery if you're really kind of that strong-handed, law-driven kind of person, almost legalistic about it, uh, that's not good for you. It can also lead to laziness, and you've got to be careful with that, too, because we're not trying to encourage people to go, oh, it's just another day. I just missed it. I'll move on to next tomorrow. Um, And we want you to have some drive in this, but we also don't want it to just be hanging over you so you can still be connected to that community as uh, as you work through it. I think y'all kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier, but is this plan just for adults? Would you recommend it for kids? What do y'all see this plan looking like in the family? That's a great, great, great question. You know, um, I'm a firm believer that people of every age deeply need Bible engagement. And Mm -hmm. we all know that when a kid is, you know, two months old, uh, it's a lot of listening (laughs) and not much more than that, really, until, you know, they get to be, you know, five, six, seven, eight, sometimes even 10 years old where they can read maybe a little bit more confidently. It's a lot of listening and that's okay. And so we have designed the plan with people of every age in mind. Now, the plan itself, like what to read each day, the offering for that or the encouragement for that is the same for every age. But we have designed a, a separate plan, so to speak. That's a, it's a different look, and it's got some different leading questions and prayer prompts on it. Uh, for kids, those birth through fifth grade, and then for students, those sixth through twelfth grade, and then our adult resource as well. And so all of those, they, they're driven by the exact same reading schedule. Um, but they've got some different nuance to how the language suggests that they engage the Bible. And, um, you know, it provides an opportunity for people of all ages to be able to to engage. Same plan, different language explaining what to do uh, and some different language in the prayer prompts uh, and the aesthetic. Right. Because kids want something that looks good to them as well. And so we can want to care about that. But it's for everybody, every age, every stage can be used in a lot of different ways by different people. So, Nathan, for the person sitting on the fence. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe they've fallen off the wagon. What's your last push for encouragement? Yeah. To start this? Yeah. Um, man, I feel like I've been there so many times in my life. Like, I feel like that's been me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I, I feel like I get that. I think the thing I would say is, like, just start today. Just just read some today. 
there's a quote I saw. Uh, I think it's by Mary Shelley. She made a comment one time. She said, "Like the beginning is always today. Like every day that I wake up, that's right. I've got another day to like to start fresh." And so it doesn't really, in a sense, like it doesn't really matter if I did it yesterday. I need to do it today, right? right? And so I just want to focus on that. You don't need to compare yourself to others. You don't have to compare yourself to pastors or your small group leader. Like, don't worry about that. Just just read. I would definitely say to have a plan though, and to be as concrete and as specific as you can. And we've talked about that some, but I think another piece I'd say is like, have a sense of expectation. Mm. When we open the Bible, we should be expecting God to work. It's not magic. We're not like, we're not pulling strings. We can't like force anything, but what we can do is put ourselves in a position to like, to be blessed. Um, you know, the, the Bible describes God's word as being a very powerful and creative thing. Like God's God does stuff with his words. He created the world with his words. He accomplishes things with his words. And so when, when we inter- interact with him, we can expect something. We can expect change. We can expect growth. We can expect comfort and encouragement. And so go into it like expecting good things. And I think that can, that can really help. Uh, and I would also just say, like, just to be patient, to work to develop the habit. Yeah. Um, there's a phrase by an author, David Matthias. He made a comment about, like, the many of the disciplines, many of the habits of grace that we use are um, mundane, but they're potent. Mm. And I love yeah. that picture. Yeah. Like, what's happening may seem kind of small. It may seem like you're just opening a book or listening on your app. But what's happening is, like, God is speaking and yeah. so, like, yeah. expect good, good stuff to happen. It's good. I like that. So, for the people who are in this and they're looking to maybe get more out of this, how can someone get more out of this Bible reading plan? What kind of resources are there? Yeah. So, one of the cool things that I, one of the things I love about Calvary is there's just this rich history of people being formed, people growing in their walk with Jesus. Uh, over a long time, and one of the greatest gifts that Calvary has is these th- this maturity about so many of the people mm-hmm. in our church family, which is such a blessing uh, to to see and get to kind of benefit from the fruits of that in a lot of different ways. Um, and so, there's a lot of people in our church family that would go, "Okay, a couple chapters a day, got it, right?" But like, I want to go deeper. Like I want more. And I think, uh, for those that are feeling that, you know, we've included these questions. Is it a part of this resource? Uh, and there's four questions that kind of baseline everybody, right? Like, a a question around like, what's the passage about and what questions does it generate for me? For some, that one question could lead to hours of study, mm-hmm. right? Because they're going to open up a commentary or another book, or they're going to listen to a sermon or a podcast about that text and go like, man, I want to dig further. I want to learn more about this. I want to know what was going on further in the context of this passage and things like that. And so using a question like that, or like based on this passage, you know, how can I praise God and why? Like it's a natural opportunity for me to pause, slow down and think deeply about what's going on in my heart. What's what's happening inside of me? What what has God done that I have to respond to? Uh, you know, how do I see the gospel come alive in this passage? How should this affect the way that I live? Those questions give us a chance to go a little bit further. Uh, also, things like journaling are a great way to to take it further. 
Uh, so using some additional study resources, as Nathan has talked about, using this to talk about with others is also a great thing. You know, there's that distinction, and Will has talked about this on a number of occasions that I've heard, uh, this distinction between digging when you read Scripture and raking. Digging is that like time where you go like, man, I want to get below the surface. I want to find out what's underneath. I want to unearth this text further, where raking is just like, man, I want to clean up the surface and kind of grab what I can as I go, you know? Uh, it's sort of like the difference between kind of a grab-and-go breakfast buffet at a, at a hotel versus one where you sit down at a restaurant, man, and over a few courses, you really indulge and, and take the best of what you can from it. And so reading differently in different seasons is a reality for people, and so that's one way that you can go deeper is to read differently. Go deeper, journal, ask questions, engage others with it uh, and ask God to teach more. Do you have any specific recommendations of resources that can help people maybe interpret the text that they're reading, whether it's a historical narrative or the, the poetic stuff from the Psalms? How would you recommend people go about interpreting those things as they read through? Yeah, I think it's really like a book by book question. And so there's times where I would say, man, like this is the resource for this that I would recommend. It's all going to also going to be based on the person, right? There's some resources that are going to be like super deep dive. They're heavily academic that are going to give you a lot of context. It depends on what you're looking for. There's some things that are a little bit more kind of uh, they're a little bit more sermonic, right? They're like, they feel a little bit like a sermon. They're a little bit more approachable and those kind of things. They're going to be a bit more street level, if you will. Uh, and so some of, and so I would encourage people like ask us like, man, I want to learn more, um, in this book, like right now, right. As we are reading through Luke or reading through Genesis, like, I want to learn more about the context of what was happening in the book of Luke, man. Let's, let's talk about that. And we can point you towards some specific resources for it. So I would say there's a ton of things. One of the most dangerous things you can do is just Google it and click on the first link and read it and take it as gospel. <laughs> and so I would warn people away from just like grab and go resources off of the Internet um, for sure. Uh, free resources are either free for a reason because they're really old or free for a reason because nobody else wants to buy them. And so I would say be careful with some of those things, right, because you can get into dangerous places. So ask us. Let us point you toward good resources depending on what you're wanting to learn. Yeah. Well, and this may may should have been the first question I asked, where can people find this? Or where can they point other people to find it? Maybe you've been talking with your one and you want them to read the Bible along with you so they can, you can have community there. Where should they find this? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the best spot would be to go to our resource page on the website. So calvarynow slash resources, calvarynow.com slash resources. We'll get that right for you. So um, say it again. Yeah. So it's really, really okay. clear. Why don't you say it, Stephen? <laughs> so calvarynow.com slash resources. There it is. Right. Uh, so that's one spot. We've got uh, a PDF that's there. We've also got some other resources you could check out there that might help you answer some questions about the Bible. Um, but you can also grab one of these in, in the lobby at one of our campuses. We've got them uh, scattered around. We've got a printed card. Uh, we've got that in both English and Spanish, so we'd love for our Spanish-speaking or those who maybe Spanish is their first language, uh, we've got a spot for them as well. But another spot I'd encourage people to go is on December 31st, we had a sermon at both of our campus, at, at both our Peace Haven and West Campus, uh, that was specifically on this topic. And so if you miss that, there's more detail there and, and as well as like a biblical encouragement to really engage the Bible. So you can check those out uh, on, I guess that's in the podcast, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Or on our resource page there. Back in the archive. Well, hey, I just want to thank y'all both for just coming and sitting down about this today. 
hopefully this will be an encouragement to our congregation. Uh, maybe that final push that they need to just join along. It's awesome. Thanks, Thank Miguel. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Now podcast. We desire that Calvary would be a place of belonging and hope where no one walks alone. If you're not already, we would love for you to join us in person at either of our campuses on Sunday mornings at 9 or 1030. For more information, visit calvarynow.com.